you're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Hi, I'm Tyson Franklin, and welcome back to this week's episode of Podiatry Marketing. I am joined by my co-host, Big Jim Mack. So, Jim, how are you doing today? Uh, feeling huge today, Tyson. Uh, got, got a good lift in, feeling the burn today, uh, you know. This 150 pound frame is just, uh, you know, I'm feeling good, looking good. Uh, you know, if you could, if you're watching the video of the podcast, you can see that. But uh, I guess you'll have to take my uh, my word at it if you're listening to the podcast uh, on the audio, you know, on iTunes or Spotify, where we're at right now. So, what did you say? The burn? What were you doing? What were you burning? Oh, you know, oh, you know, squats. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, all, all all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, you know, just uh, the muscle burn, the fatigue. So, yeah, wouldn't it be great if exercise was just fun. Like you did it, like even though it is, like you do exercise and everyone knows they, they've got to exercise and stay active, but it's just when you're doing it, it's not one of those things that people wake up in the morning and go, oh, I can't wait to do my run. I can't wait to go to the gym. Or it, it's, it's a weird thing because even when I go to Muay Thai, I love it when I finish. Like when I finish, I'm on such a high that, and, and I enjoy it so much, but you just know the pain <laughs> and suffering you're going to go through. You go... Ah, uh, supposed to be good for me. I mean, you know, I've been a runner basically my entire life. My dad was a coach, and uh, it's kind of been kind of a cultural thing for me. The, oh, yeah. You know, the runner's, runners lifestyles. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a bit of a weirdo. It's okay. Um, but I would say, you know, after you run something like a marathon, uh, you know, 20 minutes or 30 minutes of a run uh, really feels like nothing. And honestly, I probably do some of my best thinking. I don't listen to AirPods. I, I don't listen. I don't listen to our podcast or your, yeah. you know, Podiatry Legends podcast on the run. I just let myself, let my mind take me over once to go. It's a, it's almost like a, a form of meditation. And one of the few times during the day where I'm away from work and family and kids, and it's a little bit of, you know, selfishly, it's a little bit of me time. So, um, yeah, not everyone has that relationship with running. I don't expect that um, to be everybody, but uh, it definitely provides me, uh, you know. A lot of kind of uh, a time to think, but also time to get away from things, which is nice. Yeah, I wish I did. I, I see runners. Yeah, you'll be walking the streets or doing something, and you see someone just go past you, and all you hear is. Yeah, they they're like a gazelle, just running, and you go, and they look so graceful. And when I ran, I looked like a a wounded elephant. I was terrible. Just you could hear me coming. It was just awful. So yeah, so I think some people just designed to run and. Some people are. I'm decided to run away if something was happening. I'd run fast. <laughs> a sprinter. For sure. So, so now that we've got all our running habits and exercise out of the way, everyone's enthused now. They're probably putting on their running shoes. What are we talking about today, Jim? Yeah, so today we're going to talk a little bit about the importance of local visibility and some really specific ways to kind of go about uh, attaining that local visibility. You know, in a, in a previous podcast, we'd kind of talked you know, 13 different things that you can do. Yeah. Uh, and today we'll dig into a few of those and maybe introduce a couple other ones and, you know, how to execute on some of those ideas uh, to really kind of uh, be seen as that local expert. Because I think that's really what it's all about. Uh, for most people listen to this podcast, you have a private practice, you're trying to, you know, uh, gain patient appointments in a very specific niche. Hopefully you have that area that a practice you love to do. Um, so you kind of have that you understand what you want, and these are some ways you can kind of go after uh, the patients in your local area to really you know, provide them a valuable amount of care uh, doing that, but also gain a lot of per professional and personal satisfaction by providing that, that care to your patients. 
So it's like an extension of last week's episode when we talk about you know, 13 things you do if somebody opened up across the road. We sort of went through them all. This is like taking it, like a, going probably a little bit deeper, but just in a in your local community area. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a matter of just uh, you know, kind of putting some ways to execute or some some tactics that can be utilized by by people listening to this podcast so they can get some you know they understood what we talked about last week, but now they say, okay, like what's that next step and how do I kind of make that come true? Okay, so where do we start? What do you got? What do you so got on your list? How many are on your list? You got thirteen. Uh, I think I've only got six, five or six on this list. So it's not, uh, list not as extensive as lucky number 13, <laughs> but uh, we'll do, you know, we'll have a you know, shorter list, but maybe give a little bit more uh, bang for the buck on this one. We'll see. Okay. Give us number one. So number one is optimizing your website for local search. So, you know, w- when you're working with a marketing provider or building out a website, it's really, really important that there are these kind of local uh location and relevant keywords that are baked into your website. So, you know, that means, you know, if you're going to, if you're in either a suburban area or you're in a small town or a big city, you need to make sure that your building pages that, you know, reflect those different neighborhoods or those different suburbs or those nearby towns to make sure that you draw people from. So let's say I'm, I'm a podiatrist in the West suburbs of Chicago. Uh, Maybe it's near Naperville. So maybe I want to, you know, obviously I want to have a page about Naperville, but I also want to have a page about podiatrists serving different surrounding communities. So that's one way to really um, kind of build up that local uh, client base or that patient base. How, how do you include suburbs? Like say, for example, I'm in Cairns. Just right. on the outskirt of Cairns is, uh, you know, like say Earlville's like the southern suburb. But the suburb just outside of Kansas called Waree, which technically is almost like its own town. So it, it used to be you drive in and you say, welcome to Waree. And then 100 meters later, it's say, welcome to Cairns. <laughs> and my original clinic was in Waree. And the reason I moved from Waree to Earlville, because Earlville was actually in Cairns. And then I was actually found. This is going back in the old days. There's lots of stories like that, honestly. Like uh, if you're not, if you're just like on the wrong side of, let's say, you know, like Chicago, for example, if you're just outside of this, the, you know, the, the kind of the line, the, yeah. the city line, you won't show up in the searches for like Chicago podiatrists or something. But, you know, one way to kind of get around that somewhat is, like I said, so if you had a, pay, a page that said podiatrist serving Wari or podiatrist serving cans, you could basically have an opportunity to show up kind of more in the organic section of the, the search results. Okay. So you're not going to actually show up in the maps, but by kind of building out these, what I call areas we serve pages you can have some of that you know those local patients you know kind of come to your practice and be you'll be visible on things like internet search on google bing and other places that um you know it just makes you more locally relevant uh, another aspect too is to make sure that uh, you're you create a google business profile not only for yourself but also for your clinic yeah um you know obviously those will be in the town where you're your clinic is physically located uh you want to make sure that uh, that's optimized it has all the services uh you know that that's what's going to make you show up in those maps that show up at the top of, are you saying to do um, one for yourself personally so it'd be the jim mac big jim mac profile and big jim mac's podiatry clinic it's two two separate profiles yeah so i would say you know if you're a solo provider you probably want to focus on one to begin with and that yeah. would be something like let's say it's uh Pro Arch Podiatry, Tyson Franklin Podiatrist would be one listing initially. Let's say you get three or 400 reviews or a significant amount more than like your local competition. 
then you can kind of break it off or, you know, you can have two at the beginning, but you really, really want to make sure that you're sending reviews to just one. to one of them to begin with uh, if you do that. So that, that's kind of that first step is kind of your online presence. Your website has that local uh, relevance and also that Google business profile is super important. Okay, so once people have got that, the local search sorted out, is there, what's the next step after that to be you yep. know, locally more visible? Yeah, the next step is really to kind of encourage those online reviews. I think, you know, local patients want to see people either that they know or people that they trust, you know, kind of sing your praises. It's one thing for you to, you know, put on your website, like how great of a surgeon you are. You went to, you know, three-year surgical residency or you did a fellowship. Patients don't really care about that. <laughs> I don't care. Um, you're not in prison. You obviously know what you're doing. <laughs> so exactly. So they want to see other people in the local community talking about you. So whether that's testimonials, if you can have them on your website, rev online reviews that are kind of moved over from uh, like Google reviews over onto your website can be helpful. But really, I would say, like I mentioned there, Google reviews is kind of the top dog. So you really want to go after Google reviews and try to get people to um, fill them out, but also in your own clinic, you need to have a system to, you know, gently and kindly ask for reviews from your patients with either it's you or your staff. You really need to develop a system to have that happen. Obviously other places like Yelp, there's a lot of medical type of review websites like, um, rate MDs and, uh, vitals and some other places can be beneficial, but you really want to focus on Google reviews. If you get a super negative review in one of those other sites, you can always, um, recommend that uh, some tools will allow you to kind of shift some reviews over to that to kind of help negate that negative review. Yeah. Uh, but that's something you should really do along with responding to reviews, whether it be negative or positive, you really want to go out of your way to show that you are interacting uh, with these local patients because that, that really speaks volumes. Yeah. I think the reviews part, I still think podiatrists underestimate the power of reviews yet the same people that underestimate it will use reviews to check into a motel to go to a restaurant if they're thinking about seeing a show or a comedian. So we're all looking at reviews and, and using those reviews to help us make a decision. So it's surprising that some podiatrists, and there's some podiatrists that just, I mean, they kill it with the reviews. But like I've mentioned here that you know, I injured my ankle and there's been ongoing injuries over numbers of years. I at some stage need to get my right ankle tidied up a little bit. But here in Australia, do you think I can find any reviews on whether it's pediatric surgeons or orthopedic surgeons that have got some positive reviews about someone that's had ankle surgery and had a positive result? And that's that's the thing that holds me off of actually getting it done is I want to know some other people have had it done. I'm going, yeah, we were really happy with them. <laughs> well, everybody wants that like kind of niche specialist that is the best in that specific area yeah. of the problem they have, right? And you know, until there's a way to you know, like, like reviews will sometimes you can tease that out. And that's why we, you want someone to give you a review, not just a rating. Cause if you have these keywords in there, if you're the best, you know, ingrown toenail specialist in Chicago or Naperville, or whatever, you want that to be seen in the reviews. So someone that has that problem will search, find you and then come see you. So, you know, as much as there's some kind of, I think trepidation a little bit with, Oh no, like I'm, I'm not a normal business. I'm a medical practice um, or the fear of a negative review um, it is really beneficial to patients and it's also business beneficial to the provider because you're going to get more of what you want if you're, you know, if they're willing to write a review saying, you know, Jim McDonald is the ankle specialist that Tyson Franklin went to go see to take care of his ankle or something, right? So it means a lot more um, when these are specific reviews and there's ways of teasing that out or 
requesting that from patients in ways that really benefit both uh, the patient uh, and the practice and the podiatrist. Yeah, and if you think of something that's like quite common, someone that had orthotics made and had a really positive response, or you've done nail surgery, yeah, well, all podiatrists do nail surgery. If you've done that and you've had a great response, it's encourage those patients to do a review for you because there's going to be other patients out there that need orthotics or have ingrown toenails, like I have an ankle problem, who are looking for someone where if all of a sudden there was a dozen positive reviews about someone who'd had nail, yeah, from different people having nail surgery performed and I needed nail surgery, I know exactly where I'd be going. The one that is specifically mentioning a, a certain problem or something that's been fixed up. No, I mean, it seems simple, but it is, it is a pretty powerful aspect of reviews that, to have that ability to kind of narrow down on those, those providers. So what's, uh, what's the next one that we need to focus on? The next one to be locally visible is to participate in local events. Oh, yeah. And, and that's whether, you know, whenever I was in practice, I was going to local running events, to marathons, volunteering, but basically being seen and providing value to people that, you know, you want to treat or, you know, really helping um, you know, whether it's be you know, kind of local health fairs or different types of community events, you know, working with, you know, sponsoring local sports teams. Another way, if you don't necessarily want to kind of be, you know, out there, you're too busy in your practice, but, you know, by kind of showing value and providing value to the local community, either through helping educate them about, um, you know, your services or foot and ankle care related things, or, you know, putting up some money to sponsor either events uh, or some sports teams is a great way to raise some awareness about your clinic and really develop long-term relationships with potential patients. Yeah, we went to locally, there was um, the Crocs Triathlon Club. We went and spoke to them and we said, hey, we're prepared to give you, you know, do you have prizes for people that win the different categories? And they said, oh yeah, we said, well, we'd like to offer yeah, six free biomechanical examinations for what, however you want to give them out. And so we would give it to them. And they had a 30-day uh, expiry date on it. So they were handed out to the window of the day and they had 30 days to actually use it. 50% of them were used every event. Out of the 50% that were used, probably about eight, yeah, about 80% of those ended up being long-term patients and having some form of treatment, whether it was orthotics or, or something else. But we were, we were noted down as we were a sponsor of the club. And every time they had an event, all we were really doing was donating our time for those initial visits. But for them, that was a, a $600,000 uh, sponsorship that we were doing every event. It was just time for us. But long term, eventually, we just became the podiatry clinic you went to for triathlons, which then attracted cyclists into us as well. And then from the cyclists, we ended up getting guys that were in the Tour de France. So it's sort of, it's it's putting us. It's really is putting yourself out there. Um, for local events are great. No, for sure. Did you do any? Did you participate like marathons or like other than you're running in them yourself? Yeah, I definitely uh, spent some time. Like I said, uh, kind of volunteering and doing some work with the the medical medical tent at the, the local marathon I was at, which was great because you know kind of builds into what we talked about last week. You also have those. It's a kind of a mix of non professional refers and professional refers because you're yeah. gonna have you know, the doctors, other nurses, sometimes other healthcare specialties, but sometimes, you know, the medical supply of people, you just make connections uh, in your local area when you're out there in the community, as opposed to, you know, not participating uh, in these local events. Yeah, they're like, uh, I always find participating in local events and all the stuff you've spoken about so far, they're just, they have an accumulative effect. 
you might do one event and you go, oh, well, that didn't seem worthwhile. One person came in from it. But then the next time you do another event, the people that saw you at the last one will see you at the next one. And then they'll see you at the next one until eventually you go to some simple event. The next thing you have a dozen people came in from it. You go, oh, well, we've got to do that one again next year. No, it was all the work you've done uh, leading up to it. Yeah, it's that consistency. It's almost like a snowball effect, right? Yeah. Like maybe that first time you go volunteer at the marathon, like you're the new doc in town. They don't know you. They don't necessarily trust you there. But, you know, after year three, four, five, you've been there. Um, you've, you, they've sent you a couple of patients or they, you know, they, they know that you're uh, consistently treating this type of patient. It just takes out after time. I think this kind of relates to point number four. And this is um, not only, you know, these local events, but it's also partnering with other local businesses. Mm. So having an opportunity to kind of like go to gyms or nutrition stores or running shoe stores or athletic stores or wellness centers. Um, it's a great way to really kind of, uh, develop these kind of win-win relationships. You know, maybe it's providing a, a clinic when you're talking uh, to their, you know, they're, they're going to promote you talking about running injuries or you're talking about, you know, what, your proper foot and foot care or, why you should wear um, certain types of shoe gear or, you know, or what are orthotics and those types of things. But these little maybe half an hours that seem like nothing to you on a Saturday or a Sunday or an evening, you do enough of these over time, you get to know the owner, you get to know the staff, you get to know some of their regulars that come in that, you know, they're each running shoe store, or each, you know, center kind of has their kind of, you know, regulars. And these people can kind of become advocates for you and for your practice over time. Like you said, it's not going to happen that first time and no. expecting the, you know, the, the gates uh, to kind of like to your office uh, or doors to your office to like fly open and there's going to be a, a tidal wave of patients. You're going to be disappointed, but it is this consistency over a long period of time when you have those kind of win-win relationships with people uh, in your local community. That's not only going to create that, uh, you know, that local visibility that you need to, you know, sustainably grow your practice. Yeah, and it's even attending local networking events is about being seen in the community, if you're at the Chamber of Commerce or you're at the Cairns Businesswomen's Group or Young Entrepreneurs uh, event, being seen at each of those events, they've probably seen you at some of the sporting events. They may have seen you giving up your time at the local gym. Pe people love seeing people giving back because it's so easy to sit in your clinic and they see you see them just handing money over to you and they're like, okay, yeah, that's going towards your next holiday or BMW. But to see you out and about doing something, for, and they know you're doing it for free, oh, I, I, I say it's, it's almost like that, uh, I've said it before, digging the well before you need the water. When you're making all these connections with people, that eventually that water just comes flowing into you. You don't need the water right now, and you're trying to build your business up, but eventually when it starts flowing, it flows really well. And I've even found it with business places that once you make these connections, if all of a sudden they go, oh, we need someone to come in and talk about such and such. They've seen you at three or four things. You're going to be the first person they'll call. Yeah. I mean, it's a consistent, proactive approach. It's really going to win the day, right? It's like it's like running a marathon versus a sprint. You know, if you're expecting to be Usain Bolt and, you know, you know, win that first race out of the blocks, you're going to be super disappointed. But if you see this as building relationships and providing long-term value for uh, not only for your patients, but also for other people in the local community, that's really when you're going to, see the benefits uh, you know, down the road. So that's really what it's all about. Mm, be nice to run like Usain Bolt. <laughs> Wouldn't be bad. Nah. He, had some bad he had some bad investments here recently, so you don't want to invest like Usain Bolt. No, nah, no. Nah. I would run more like his, uh, his bad cousin, Rusty Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> <I just got laughs> okay, let's move on to number five. 
Yeah, number five is to uh, leverage local search ads. So, you know, online ads, uh, you know, are, are a great way to really kind of uh, develop uh, that local visibility. You know, there's kind of two different types and, and two different ways of utilizing them. One would be these local search ads. So, you know, whether it be Google search ads is probably the most prevalent. There's also Bing, but this is a, if someone types in podiatrist, you know, Naperville, um, you're going to show up at the very, very top. Because right now, the very, very top is uh, paid ads. Then it's that those maps like we talked about, and then it's the organic ads. So okay. um, when you're when you're kind of you know basically creating local search ads for these really relevant topics, uh, you'll get patients that you know you're going to drive patient visits as opposed to trying to advertise on terms like plantar fasciitis doctor or something like that, which will you know you'll be competing against Doctor Shoals and other people and people just looking for information and not ready to make appointments. So looking for these ways to um, you know, kind of do ads for more people that are kind of ready to make appointments can be a huge benefit um, when you're trying to be locally visible and locally relevant. Okay. And then that takes us on to number six. Well, just one more quick one. Oh, yeah. Uh, is this like five and a half? Ads, yeah, five and a half. Or, you know, this is an extra bonus for number five. Yeah. Is the uh, Whether it be Facebook ads or display ads, there are ways to, you know, you can even do this with search ads it's only searching in a specific local area, but I would say for Facebook and display, if you have a new type of uh, procedure or a new type of uh, you know device that really provides a great level of care, but people aren't searching for its name uh, on Google, it's a great way to kind of introduce this form of treatment to your patient. So like I said, you can control, maybe it's your own zip code, maybe it's those five towns surrounding you, but you can you know make a video ad or a, a photo ad or an image ad uh, in those or a search ad in those local areas, so there gets there is some visibility uh, for this kind of new type of procedure that people aren't aware of. So that that's that's number five and a half. Okay, I I got a side question because I'm sure I just heard you say the word Bing when you said about uh, Google Ads or you mentioned Bing. Just as a side question, somebody told me recently that Microsoft bought a huge chunk of Chat GPT, and Microsoft search engine is Bing, isn't it? It is, yeah. So Microsoft Search is Bing, and that's a great point you bring up. So does that mean there's a there's a chance that Bing? We could talk about this on a different episode, so we could both dig into it a little bit more. But there's a chance that Bing could end up uh, bouncing back. Yeah, it could be return of Microsoft and Bing. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the way that they incorporate that Chat GPT into the search uh, and see what kind of have it effect it has. You know, right now, for example, it's mostly kind of generic, I wouldn't say generic queries, but it's more informational queries that uh, ChatGPT is really good at. Like what is plantar fasciitis? Yeah. You know, what are some ways to treat plantar fasciitis? You know, what actually is plantar fasciitis? Those are like, I would say it's really good at ChatGPT and even the Bing version of ChatGPT. And I think Microsoft gave, uh, I like to invest, I think up to like $1 billion or something in this technology. So they're they're kind of the ones that are they're developing it. it and yeah, exactly. But right now, it's pretty much contained currently uh, to these informational queries or searches. But I think over time, it'll get smarter and maybe it'll incorporate some of this local um, relevance and visibility in there. But also, you, you can't, uh, you know, Google is a you know a billion dollar a year industry or, you know, like company. So they have their own version called BARD that they're working on. I don't know. It's like the worst name ever. It's probably worse it's an than awful name, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But they're working on that behind the scenes as well. So you're oh, just going to see these battles of the AI 
uh, you know, search and the battles, the AI writers and, and all that kind of stuff. AI is going to become a bigger part of search in the future. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember when they had the big beer wars in Australia, and the only people that really benefited from it were the consumers. So it's <laughs> so good. It's, it's good. Fos- if, Fosters yeah. versus who? <laughs> no one drinks Fosters. <laughs> it was like each state, each state used to have like their beer, and then all of a sudden uh, there was a, a strike in Queensland, and our beer, 4X, went on strike. It was like, oh, what are you going to do? So they had to start bringing beer in from um, down south. But then all of a sudden, that gave everyone the taste of, oh, the beer down south isn't too bad. And then all the beer wars happened after that when Forex came back. It was a long, dirty story. But actually, before, I think all that happened before I was even drinking. So that's how long ago it was. Let's get on to number six. Jeez, I get up with some irrelevant stuff sometimes. No, it's fun stuff to hear about uh, what's going on in Australia. I enjoy it. Uh, number, number six. six is, yep, number six is offering some free educational opportunities uh, for the community. So, you know, we talked about previously about businesses and you know, supporting, uh, you know, local teams and kind of being out in the community. But this is really maybe this is bringing people into your practice, right? So this is things like having an open house just to show people, yeah, uh, you know, your clinic and what you're doing. I think it's also an opportunity, to, you know, maybe have, you know, 15 or 20 minute, you know, lecture or talk uh, to specific specifically the patients you want to treat. So if it's runners, maybe you want to talk about plantar fasciitis or common running injuries within your clinic. Or maybe there's a big uh, sports medicine conference or a, a conference in the niche you enjoy doing where you're participating that, um, you know, to, to the benefit of the community. So this isn't really about, you know, uh, getting paid speaking gigs or, you know, really kind of utilizing that as a revenue um, outlet. Uh, maybe you can at some point, you know, get some speaking gigs, uh, paid speaking gigs, and that would be, you know, interesting as well. But this is really about, like I talked about, the kind of long-term play. You really want to be, doing things for your community. I mean, you live there, they're your neighbors. You want to provide some value to them and by kind of giving them into your practice or you're you kind of taking part with other healthcare professionals on some of these, you know, community uh, talks or or conferences, it can really, you know, not only um, improve the health uh, and wellness of your community, but also bolster, bolster your reputation and provide you more visibility um, with, with your peers. Yeah, we used to do a, like an information not where, we do like I say a talk at our clinic, and you might bring in somebody else and a few patients come along. And then I remember I was at a chiropractor, yeah, you know, reciprocated, and I spoke at the chiropractor's clinic to a few of his patients. But then one of the people that one of the people that attended uh, worked in an accounting firm. They came up to me afterwards and said, "Hey, would you be prepared to do that talk you did tonight for our accounting firm, and we'll pay you to do it?" Yeah, we're done for free. I went and I got paid to do the talk. There's about 30 or 40 people there and about 10 of those people end up becoming patients. So it was a very, but that all came about just by doing a free educational uh, talk as part of a seminar. Yeah, it's, it's like you talked about the rest. We've talked about this previously in other shows. It's about reciprocity, right? If people see you giving away this information and your expertise for free, um, they, they, they know that you're not necessarily just in it for yourself and they're going to want to know that, that it's going to build your reputation with them. It's going to build trust because like you, we've talked about previously, you know, maybe the first time you see somebody, it's like, who is that person? You're yeah. kind of getting to know them. But if they see you multiple times, oh, that's that's Tyson Franklin. Like he talked at this thing or I, I saw him in the community. He was wearing his pro arch podiatry shirt, you know, when he came into my bank or something. Yeah, on it's a those, Sunday. It's those most... <laughs> Well, hopefully not the ski mask on and uh, uh, doing that. But, yeah, you got, you but, got your pro-ice shirt on with a ski mask. <laughs> you know, what was I thinking? 
<laughs> but I mean, those multiple touch points really are opportunities to build trust with people. And when you do that, and you live in a small area, you're going to be really locally visible and it's going to benefit the patients you treat, but it's also going to benefit your practice. Yeah, I think, well, I think this episode really complements last week's episode about 30 things you do if somebody opened up across the road from you. You tag these six on there. So now you've got another, now you've got 19. 19 <laughs> things that you, you can go. work on if your opposition, if your opposition opened up across the road, but you should just do them anyway. Totally agree. Okay, you got anything else to finish on or you're done? Uh, like, like I said at the end of last show, I really would appreciate if anyone's getting some value from what we're talking about here to uh, subscribe on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, leave us a review, let us know uh, what you think of the show. Uh, you know, five stars would be appreciated, but not, not, not necessarily necessary. Oh, no, it's necessary. Um, <laughs> well, I talk to people all the time and I, I, the amount of people told me that they're now listening, they've found this podcast and they're listening to it. I just encourage all you lazy buggers that while you're listening to it, grab your phone, go to Apple iTunes or whatever program you're on, and write a review. It's not really that hard. And, then, and it'll make a big smile on our face, and we'll get all pumped up, and we might even read a few out. Yeah, it sounds like a plan. Okay, Jim, well, I look forward to talking to you next week. Sounds great, Tyson. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.